It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be with you uh, on this uh, New Year's. The new year in our church where we begin a new liturgical cycle. And I tell you what, New Year's have, like when we think about New Year's, of course we don't think about Advent, the first week of Advent usually. Usually we think of, if we're going to think about a picture of New Year's, we think of Times Square. Enough people that like you can't move, so if you're an introvert, it's probably the scariest looking thing in your life. If you're an extrovert, you're probably like, I want to be in the middle of it with a hat and a little, little kazoo thing in my mouth, like it's going to be fun. But when you think of a new year, we think of anticipation and like this new beginning. And of course, we think of 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, I'm going to do the whole thing, 3, 2, 1, happy new year, and everything goes crazy. When we, think of, when we think of countdowns and things, there's always this anticipation that's attached to it that whatever we're counting down to is worth a countdown. So before I went into the seminary, I was at LSU, and we had a, we had a lot of fun with the student section when I was at LSU. And the first game of the season, I remember, I was in line, and there's like, there's already, you know, 2,000 people in front of me. I get in line for the student section because it's general admission, and we're standing in line, and all of a sudden I hear from the people by the gate, five, four, three, two, one. They start cheering, and nothing happens. It was just their way of picking on the freshmen that were in the line, saying, we're about to open the gate. Nope. And it was just wrong. Like I, was, I, felt, I felt upset because the anticipation that had been building, my excitement, because I basically went to college at LSU for student tickets, like the anticipation that I had that was building up, that was building up, that was leading to this moment of me like sprinting to my spot in the student section, they made fun of it. <laughs> they got me all fired up, they put me on the top of the cliff, and then it felt like there was nothing there and they kicked me off. But part of it, I think part of this countdown, part of this anticipation that's in our life is something that we can look at Advent with a sense of anticipation for the end. Right now in our lives, right now in our culture, we're in the busiest point in the entire world. Everyone, whether you're a grandma or a kid, is busy. If you're a grandma, you probably just had everyone over to the house for a good Thanksgiving meal, you probably either just finished eating the leftovers or are going to throw them out when you get home because now they're starting to stink and it's a little funky in your fridge, right? If you're a kid, if you got grandkids, if you're a kid and you're like getting ready, like right now in my day was like, that was the Sears catalog. Start thumbing through it. Now it's like just the Amazon wish list. I'm just trying to build it. I'm going to subtly leave it for Santa Claus, right? I'm going to leave it open on the computer, and mom's going to walk in and like, oh, man, so this is what they want, right? This is, like, right now, everyone's busy. If you're a student, you probably got finals weeks coming up. College students are basically now, between now and finals, trying to figure out how they're going to relearn the whole semester in eight days. Because everyone at this point in, the, in our life is busy. 
Every one of us is busy. Right now in our culture, we have more devices that are meant to save time, and we have, it seems like we have less time than we ever have had before. Everyone right now is busy. And if we don't approach Advent with the right honor and the right dignity and the right anticipation, if we don't give it reverence, what's going to happen to us is that Thanksgiving is going to turn into Black Friday like it did. And Cyber Monday now seems to be three weeks long, right? So shopping is just going to consume us until all of a sudden I'm off of work and I get to finally do all those little odd jobs around the house that I've been wanting to do. Christmas is going to basically serve as a weekend for my work away from work. Then I'm going to go back to work. The new year is going to fly by. And before we know it, we're lining, we're lining the streets in Homa ready for Mardi Gras. So tomorrow, if we don't give Advent its proper place and its proper reverence, tomorrow it's going to be Lent. I think each one of us today, God is inviting us in this, this new year, in this, this new time, this new liturgical season, as we approach something that's so familiar as the birth of Jesus, I think God's inviting each one of us to approach it anew. To approach it with, as if we're a child never hearing the story before. To approach this season of anticipation with its due reverence. And if we do, we're going to feel just like me as a college student or all those people in Times Square. Three, two, one, and he's here. Like God wants in every one of our life, God wants to work an absolute miracle at Christmas. Like Jesus Christ wants to come into your life, into your situation, whatever that may be. If we look at the gospel today, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy. How many people in this room today, ask yourself, how many people here today in this church are tired? Do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and, and, and the anxieties of daily life. How many people go to bed with anxiety on your shoulders about your family, about your kids, about that one child who fell away from the church and you just praying that they're coming back at Christmas, about that one person in your family who's just been on hard times since they lost their job, about that one person who's just under the burden of cancer or some other disease that has no place in the world. I think every one of us has these burdens. But the thing is, is that God did not come into the world at Christmas just to be a good idea. God did not come into the world at Christmas just to kind of, to kind of say, hey, look, I kind of care about you. That's good. Look, I'm going to do this. It's great. And we're going to give each other gifts to make each other feel better. See, when God came into the world, when Jesus Christ came into, comes into the world at Christmas, it's because he wants to enter into that junk with you and with me. He wants to enter into your fatigue. He wants to enter into your drowsiness. Your, he wants to enter into your anxiety. 
wants to enter into the daily struggles of your life and mine in a powerful way. And what this period, what this season of Advent is for, for us, it's a period for us to prepare space for Him to come into our life. You see, at Christmas, at that first Christmas, Jesus didn't have a perfect crib. Jesus didn't have a beautiful like pottery barn crib to come into. He came into a feeding trough. Like Jesus didn't have, he didn't have this mansion to be born into. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, should have a mansion. No, he had a barn. The people that should have been at his birth should have been all of his family and everybody, all, all the elite of the Jewish community who have been waiting Messiah, but instead he got a bunch of stinking shepherds from the fields to come in and say hello. See, in our life, Jesus doesn't need perfect, a perfect place. He needs an available place. And during this month, during these 25 days now, where we get to prepare for Christmas, where we get to prepare with anticipation of the coming of the Lord, we're opening space in the junk of our life. If you want the best Christmas you've ever had in your entire life, if you want a Christmas that rivals like Ralphie's from the Christmas story, don't ask for a BB gun. <laughs> if you want a Christmas that is the best Christmas, like Clark Griswold got nothing on this kind of Christmas, if you want the best Christmas of your life, it begins today. Because the best advents leave, live up and build up to the best Christmases. So as we enter into this Mass, as we enter into this new time in our liturgical season, as we enter into this new period of anticipating our Lord, as we count down four, three, two, one, He's here. As we come closer and closer to our Lord, let us approach this Advent in a way of anticipating Him that He's going to come into our life and work a miracle. That He's not going to be a God that's distant, a God that's far away, a God that doesn't want anything to do with us, a God that just kind of showed up and left. But that He's going to be a God who's going to come into my life into my junk, into my suffering, into my joys today. See, Advent, the beautiful thing about Advent is this is where we reflect on this mystery, but in Mass, we receive this mystery. Because that same God who we're preparing for and preparing for and preparing for to celebrate during Christmas is going to come into your life today. Into your drowsiness, into your anxiety, into your suffering. So as we approach today the altar, as we come to receive communion, to receive our Lord in a profound and special way, we don't need to be perfect. 
We just need to be open. So let us approach today this altar with that same spirit of anticipation. That as we, as, we come to the, as we come to the sacrament, as we stand before Him and recognize Him as who He is, the body of Christ, that when we say amen, we don't just say amen as in a thank you, but we say amen as, my life is open to you, Lord, take it. My life is open to you, come into it and change me. May our hearts be transformed today. May this period of Advent, this season, bring about the greatest Christmas we've ever experienced. And may we approach both this sacrament and this season with great anticipation. Amen.